0: You're listening to Borderline Idealists. Join us every other Sunday for
1: new episodes where we focus on anxiety, depression, and BPD. Log on to borderlineidealists.com for past episodes, blog posts, and our Patreon link to support us. Together, we can give a voice to those who suffer from mental illness and tear down mental health stigma. AJ. Um, so, just before this episode begins, I wanted to announce that I'm an artist. Everybody knew that, right? Everybody everybody knew that.
0: Ooh. So, Ooh. And, oh, it.
1: I'm sorry, one guy in the background, and, and I'm sure everybody else agrees with that, right? If you agree, please say something. Okay, well, nobody. So, uh, I'm an artist. <laughs> uh, that's one of, my, one of my things to do, one of my, one of my favorite things to do. <laughs> um so I have compiled a lot of my art and put them on some mugs uh posters uh what else kind of apparel Cheers. stuff canvas uh look booing guy in the background please like you had your chance you said <laughs> boo now and now you're trying to get in here um so yeah it's on a couple of stuff uh so we, we call this idealist collective um it's something that I've been thinking about for a minute, um, that I want to somehow get my art out there to share with other people. I would like to sell it, and of course, the proceeds, uh, go to Chris and I, and of course, because of that, they go to Borderline Idealist. Um, so I thought that was a great creative way to keep me busy, um, and let me share some of my art with people, and, uh help Chris out a little bit. Uh, so, if you go to com on the front page, you'll see Idealist Collective, our store, and you'll see also that there's a, uh, 10% discount on there. Uh, coupon code for our borderline Idealist listeners. Isn't that nice of me? I know. Yay. Oh, okay. So I, I turned the guy and from the boo isn't it sad I only have one guy here one guy and a cat I mean that's that's all you can afford this is my launch party <laughs> <laughs> um but you know if you can't buy anything that's okay I just really want to share my art with other people uh, you can follow me on Instagram it's idealist under, underscore collective mm. so idealist underscore under, <laughs> Jesus Christ is the hardest thing uh, idealist underscore collective there we go yes thank you thank you one guy so yes follow me on instagram I also have a facebook just just search idealist collective maybe it's underscore I don't know uh, <laughs> I have a facebook page so just follow some of my art there if you, uh, you're also an artist um I would be interested in talking to you I'm really interested in meeting other people um Really good personality disorders, um, mental uh, disorders or uh, mental illness that are artists also. So, you know, if you have an Instagram where you exhibit your art or a Facebook or anything like that, make sure to add me so I can add you and let's share some art. I mean, it's been really great doodling a couple of days with Chris and I went from doodling to drawing my face to doing a whole vast array of things. So, check out borderlineidealist.com for Idealist Collective and we really appreciate appreciate you guys for listening um, for always supporting us and, you know, if you haven't joined our Facebook group or Discord you need to do that. I mean, that's what what are, what, are, what, are we, what are we doing here? I mean, what do what you? I mean, come on, get in, get, get in the game. Or join our Instagram. We have a Borderline Ideals Instagram. I love you guys. I'm looking forward to sharing my art with all of you. And I would love to see your art also. And of course, I'm going to be looking at um, Allie's art. Allie is um, one of my favorite artists on Instagram. We did an episode with her before. Do, do you remember that one guy? Episode with Allie. Allie's Yay! story with, with yeah, so
0: we love Allie.
1: Thank you, one guy. Yes. Yes, we do. Well, Alright, well I'm gonna go murder this one guy so I can try to find out where my husband is and get him back. Alright, well bye guys, enjoy the episode. Hello everyone, this is AJ, the high-functioning
0: BPD guy. Hi guys. I am Chris, the often thought of perfect, almost unattainable husband.
1: Oh gosh, what, <laughs> what a what a awful awful mental <laughs> <laughs> disorder, Chris! Oh my gosh, and it, so, so you're high functioning with that too. Wow, yes. it's well,
0: it's a very hard road to walk down yes and a lot of people don't appreciate it that's
1: very cute chris but i think that we should um we're gonna talk about high functioning bpd in this episode and uh chris maybe you don't quite understand what high functioning is and i have to explain it or to maybe you. no you don't understand you don't understand what it, it just or baby, maybe maybe baby, baby, <laughs> baby, you just don't understand what it is and we're gonna explain it this episode right okay Oh, thank you. That was nice. She said, "Or well, maybe, or well, maybe just gave in." Now that, that is the it's
0: high, high function. That is my
1: my higher intelligence thing. <laughs> thing. Okay. So, uh, let I really wanted to start with uh, talking about what a personality disorder is, um, and there are ten um, different personality disorders that are formally recognized uh, into three different clusters. So I'm not gonna go into like talking about all all of them, but I just just wanted to um, read out a, a short little definition of personality disorders so that we're all on the same page and it can just be kind of fami- familiar. I'm sure every probably everybody's probably familiar with personality disorders. Um, but personality disorders are deeply ingrained, rigid ways of thinking and behaving that result in impaired Impaired relationships with others, and often cause distress for the individual who experiences them. So, of course, that includes uh, antisocial personality disorder, which I surprisingly don't have. It really sounds like something that I—I <laughs> I was just like, I'm pretty antisocial, but it's a little bit uh, a little bit more than that. Um, uh, what's it? Antisocial. There's uh, dependent. Hmm. Personality disorder, uh, Chris is like that. Sounds like something you have. A lot of these. Sound like, <laughs> I mean, a lot of these are kind of like, but that but, sounds like you. But dependent is just I'm, I'm just not all the way there. Um, de- there's dependent, uh, antisocial. Um, Chris, you can't think of any of your favorites. Um, BPD. Oh <laughs> yes, there is BPD. So there's uh, skip uh, typical, which my uh, my little brother is um, personality. Uh, or, or, or they're schizoid and schizotypical I believe it's, he's schizoaffective right schizoaffective I I so well. maybe that's kind of the same I'm not sure oh uh, there's paranoid personality disorder okay I, I am gonna get into reading all of them so I got really curious <laughs> so there's parale- um, paranoid personality disorder schizoid personality disorder schizotypical personality disorder antisocial personality disorder um, of course borderline. his his
0: Histrionic,
1: histionic. her history. Oh. Yeah, well, it has T R I. I think I have her histrionic. Mm. But yeah, histrionic uh, personality disorder, narcissistic personality disorder. <laughs> Trump. <laughs> um, avo- but let's not go around diagnosing people, okay? But I'm just narcissist at least, right? Anyway, um, avoidant personality disorder, um, dependent personality disorder, and obsessive compulsive. Personality disorder. Um, mm. And we kind of know a little bit about um, obsessive uh, compulsive, you know, um, those people that have to, like, touch things a certain amount of times or have uh, those kind of.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I I recently, I can't remember which one, I went online and I decided I wanted to take a test um, to see... Test?
0: <laughs> we're, we're just gonna keep
1: going with this this thing. So, uh, so we took I, I took a test to see which person personality disorder did I have. Spin the wheel. And it was like fifty questions. Like I took a screenshot, but I I don't think I can So it, it's informal. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely. And I just thought it would be interesting. You know, just like the yeah. uh, the one I did for the personality, the INFP. Mm-hmm. And the three that it um, picked for me was. Of course, BPD was... No, actually, it put, um, it put dependent personality disorder as one that I possibly had, avoidant personality disorder, and borderline personality disorder. Those were your top My three. My top three, mm-hmm. yeah. But I, I was thinking, well, I don't... I, I have parts of dependent. Dependent was like you need somebody there for you. You can't do anything without that person. But hmm. I don't think that's... I mean, I do have parts of that. I do want you here, Chris, and stuff. I do want you to go to the store with me or want you to go to an appointment with me, but I'll go by myself, right? Mm-hmm. I, it, do, you, do you believe me? Uh... Yes, yeah, sometimes, sometimes <laughs> you do. Well, I just... I feel like I I am kind of like that where I do rely on you, but I, I don't think I'm dependent on you because i've been independent before you know of course i had the help of you know my family or friends but i have been um i know i know i've been independent to the to the point of i'm relying on myself for my own uh taking care of my own um emotions and you know all the
0: well all of these things Anxiety. Like there are gradients right yeah and that's yeah. what i was gonna and I do feel like sometimes, because <clears throat> I remember you talking, when we were discussing these topics mm-hmm. in the car ride, you, I remember you mentioning something about how the dependent, codependent um, thing kind of also puts the spouse or the significant person or, you know, the other person who's in their, in their lives, mm-hmm. puts them in a more predominantly um, caretaker position yeah I mean, yeah there're definitely,
1: but you know I now that I'm thinking about it, what if I'm just high functioning dependent like i i I can do it a well no, I don't think so, because I feel like <laughs> I was just thinking about that because of what you just said, um you're saying like that there's oh yeah, I feel like there's we especially people that have personality disorders probably exhibit all little parts of this, and even in my my reading it said that. You know, sometimes, um, that's kind of can be what it is. They kind of cross over Mm -hmm. in different ways to the point where they can even seem the same because of the symptoms. Um, but I was thinking if I was, you know, highly functioning, um, dependent, uh, that would mean that I would be, um, be able to get by in my life by being dependent, um, but I would still want to have somebody with me. I would still prefer that i I believe maybe I don't know. I don't really know too much about dependent personality disorder um mm-hmm. but I know maybe it's a good time to talk about b p d and high functioning yeah. and what okay. exactly that means what's the what's the difference between high functioning and low functioning
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and we'll do an episode about all the personality disorders later. I mean, we've done some episodes with um people that have some of these personality disorders, um, some that aren't on here, you know, that are mm-hmm. kind of... Um, because they have, like, even a, a merging of them. Yeah. So, you know, the mind is just complex as it is, but I just thought it was interesting because it... Um, I feel like I do have all of those uh, dependent, avoidant personality disorder. I, I got very interested in that because it's very much, to me, like BPD, but it's just like you... Um, you avoid people because you don't want to be in social situations. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, yeah, that's a lot like <laughs> you prefer isolation. Yeah. That's like, but isolation is also a part of BPD. So, um, yeah, they, they all kind of merge, but you know, I thought this was a, um, uh, a pretty interesting test. I got to find out where I, I did this and I'll post it on the Instagram or, or Facebook, but I thought it was interesting, um, that it shows those for me. Um, and of course, you know, I've had people question if I have BPD at all, you know, mm-hmm. because I'm so high-functioning, I just seem so, I guess, normal. Um, or maybe uh, I, I've had psychologists that maybe they're thinking that there's another um, another personality disorder that fits me more, mm-hmm. you know. But let's talk about what high-functioning means. So... If you're high functioning, and we're talking about uh, with with BPD, that means that you would be able to make it throughout the day, make it throughout the day without people noticing anything is wrong with you. Um, so basically, it's it's keeping your symptoms quiet and to yourself, and on the um, to everybody else while well
0: in public. Yeah, to
1: the Yeah, and to everybody else, you may seem okay, like you have things together, but really, you know, when you go home, when you're alone, when your hands are idle, you know, that's when it all starts to come apart, and I think that oh, it makes me so sad to even say that, you know, it feels like, yeah, yay, I'm high-functioning, woohoo, that's a good thing, but it's still like, <laughs> you know... Mm. um, It's like I was saying in our Facebook group, it's a blessing and a curse. And uh, someone responded to a a question in our Facebook group. I was asking them uh, if anybody was high-functioning and what that was like. And Elle had talked about how she's high-functioning, but she can't really worry about herself too much because of her... Her two children. But when they are around, you know, that's when she has a lot of time to focus on, you know, herself.
0: Well, and, mm-hmm. she has more than two children. She has oh, six. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. I remember the two have... Yes. Um, to have their yeah. own um, issues that, mm-hmm. that she has to help them with. So, but uh, I think she was saying that, yeah, she feels like she kind of has to put herself in the back burner because she, she prioritizes her children and trying to make sure that everyone's okay, um, <clears throat> and so oftentimes she'll, to the, to everybody, to her community and other, um, and, and others, nobody knows what's, what her struggle, her personal struggles are mm-hmm. with her, within herself. You know, um, yeah. and that can be a challenge all the time. I'm really
1: ashamed that your memory is better than mine. That's horrible. Well, edit, <laughs> uh. <laughs> but yeah i I don't understand what it's like to have children. I think it's it's different than having. I have three cats. I mean, that's got to be at least equal one kid, right? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> they cry in the middle of the night. And I have to go. You know, knock. Some, they knock something over in the middle of the night. And I have to check on them. You know. Um, (laughs) but no, but I, I can kind of think about my job was kind of that thing. When I was at my job, I, I kind of ignored my symptoms because I, I, I felt like I had to. I wanted to be independent. I wanted to be able to make money. I wanted to be able to be, you know, quote unquote, um, successful, um, and I knew I couldn't do it with all this other stuff, you know, the, all this other stuff in, in, in my head. So, you know, the more I focused on my job, when it got ready for me to go to sleep and I came home, that's when, and I think you saw that, Chris, that's when a lot of things just, mm-hmm. you know, when things happened at my job, I I kind of think back to like when embarrassing things happened at my job or I felt a certain way, and I can't really remember um, most of the time how I reacted to other people or something like did I get mad at them or something if somebody says something no I don't think so I think I just kind of laughed it off and held on to it so much that it just encompassed a month (laughs) and nobody else is thinking about it but me but that's what it was like for me when you're high functioning you you're able you're able to hide those things but it's not because they're they're gone you're um putting them away because uh, you feel like there's more important things to do mm-hmm. um, it reminds me of when my my dad asked me what I would do if I um, lived back in the day when he was growing up and there wasn't like this um, mental awareness <laughs> mental awakening he's like what, what if you had BPD then and nobody was there to help you and stuff and I'm like well I guess I'll just do the best I can you know and it probably wouldn't be pretty but everybody else would think everything's okay because I'm you know um oh man that that really brings up the the first borderlines uh chris we were mm-hmm. um talking about this so just to merge over into that the first people that were called borderlines were the very low functioning um group of people um so they would uh, um be impulsive um uh left their their problems and uh, stress kind of overwhelm them, and also uh, give some that to other people. Um, in a way that's noticeable, of course, um, become become suicidal. I think in, in a way where uh, I I don't want to say no no one's you know saying um, you know you're asking for help. Um, you're, I'm not. I'm sorry. Asking um, for attention. Yeah, asking for attention, but. Just in this this definition when I was talking about um, low-functioning people, it just says, become suicidal. I kind of think about low-functioning, I would say that you're constantly, not only in suicidal ideation, but you're um, constantly maybe self-harming or um, constantly dwelling on, on sui- suicide to the point where you may have an attempt. And, of course, that's when people start saying, you know, you're you know the, the the bad people the bad people say that you're looking for attention but it's because you know you're so low functioning and i remember going through that trying to hurt myself so many times because i didn't understand what was happening to me and i didn't understand how to vent it out in a healthy way mm. so um yeah i i, I sort it just says become suicidal and i was just like hmm. You know, I mean, <laughs> high-functioning people still have suicidal ideation, all that kind of stuff, um, but they're just better to hide it. So the low-functioning would just make it more, more apparent to people. Even if they tr- they're they trying to hide it, it's harder to because they don't really kn- um, know how to cope, you know, or control it, even if it's in a unhealthy way. Mm. Uh, or they have uh, brief psychotic episodes. So those were the first group of people... That were called borderlines. And, you know, I was telling Chris, you know, borderline personality disorder had probably been around for a very long time. But, you know, because people were high functioning, you know, they probably kept it to themselves. Those probably weren't the people going to look for help. And the very and I think that's that's probably how it is in a lot of mental health history, that the very low functioning people are the ones that are kind of uh, zeroed in on. And I think that's why a lot of people are like, I don't want to be crazy. I don't want to be like them. You know? Mm-hmm. I don't want to be like that crazy BPD guy that I saw on that episode. Well, he may have been, you know, low-functioning, you know? Do um, you have anything to add,
0: what, baby? Well, I was going to say, the um, <clears throat> back in the day as well, when people were low-functioning and and people were not aware of mental conditions... You know, you you either had to fake it, or you were thrown into an asylum, or worse. You'd had an exorcism. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's I, I I remember watching I believe it was a documentary about um the ment- about mental illness and how it mm-hmm. was you know um, handled by the religious clerk back in the days and stuff like that. and How often how often now that we understand mental health better a lot of the things that were believed to be demonic possessions or things like that were all just mental illnesses manifesting in, in people that would that were i guess low functioning and they didn't have any help in managing themselves
1: yeah i mean you know even when my dad told me about that he has a lot of his problems with um you know religion you know that's something that he uses to to cope if he feels bad depressed down like nobody cares about him he has god who is always going to be there for him you know mm-hmm. so that's you have to find you know your best way to cope to get through life is is his is he high functioning um i don't i don't know what my uh I, what my father may have it, it seems like he's very close to me with with BPD or personality disorder, something like that. But I feel like he is high functioning. You know,
0: he's enough.
1: Yeah. He has enough to get out there,
0: but you yeah. know, well, <laughs> he also seems to have enough of a social life. Like when we, went he doesn't to- have a social life. Wow, well, I was gonna get, I was gonna get to <laughs> Oh, okay, it. Yeah. When we went to the play that he invited us for your birthday. Mm-hmm. Like he knew a lot of people and a lot of people knew him. Well, he knows a lot of people in the community because he works in the community well, and he's I, forced to meet them. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's what I mean about like enough of a social mm-hmm. I guess but, life or like a w- well social interactions that would be like, Oh, he there's Dr. Young. I was the same I was the
1: same way where mm-hmm. I would go out, you know, I would see people or something, but did I hang out with my coworkers? Did I hang out with people after work? No, I do exactly what my dad does, right? My dad Goes home, <laughs> goes into his room and starts working on his art, or starts researching stuff. It it surprises me how much I'm like my dad. They always say you turn into your parents. I'm like, damn it, no, I'm not. But yeah, he does. He likes being alone. Like he loves being alone. He does not like being around people. He just does it because it's a part of.
0: Have um, I turned into my parents?
1: His job. Your mom, yes. Um. So moving wow. on. So get <laughs> <laughs> you know, all the good parts of her, Chris. All the good parts. Um but yeah the borderlines were considered untreatable when this um these cases arise, um first arose because they didn't understand exactly what they were, you know. It borderline even comes from, you know, are <laughs> they are they psychotic, you know? Are they are they hearing voices? Are they um you know just just the symptoms that they they describe you mm-hmm. go from being up and down, okay, are you bipolar are mm-hmm. you um so that just goes into how um and and I, I we're still learning more, but that just goes into how complicated the mind is and personality disorders are mm-hmm. um and mental health. I also wanted to read this um uh, this definition I found about, uh, or this uh, this definition <laughs> that I found about a uh, high-functioning borderline, I thought it was really good. It's about um, high-functioning and, and low-functioning and how they're related and kind of the same. So, here we go. <clears throat> the high-functioning borderline personality disorder shares many core aspects of the low-functioning borderline borderline personality, except for the fact that they can manage their lives, appear to be productive, and generally keep their relationships civil, even diplomatic in nature. Hmm. High-functioning borderlines can appear to be normal, driven people one moment, then moody, inconsolable, and manipulative the next. I don't know about that. Uh, Hmm. Somehow, there is a mechanism within the minds of high-functioning borderlines that allow them to lead somewhat competent lives. It puts in competence in quotes, competent lives. okay, thanks. Thanks a lot. Despite the fact that they are in a constant battle with BPD, high-functioning BPD are no better. BPDs are no better than low-functioning. It's basically the same face wearing a different mask. And I just thought that was powerful because, you know, this episode isn't about I'm high functioning, I'm better than you because you are lower functioning than I am. I'm sure there's a whole spectrum on that and, (laughs) you you know, all this stuff. But we're all fighting the same battle. And when I first, I I wouldn't say around college, it's when the symptoms started getting really bad, that's when I was at my lowest functioning because all I could do was hurt myself, try to hurt myself to understand the pain. Mm -hmm. And as time went on, I understood myself more. um, Even before I had DBT in my life to help me move forward, I was high-functioning enough to move Mm -hmm. on with my life. And I think a, a lot of that came from... <laughs> Not wanting to stay at home with my parents for the rest of my life, or depend <laughs> on my parents the rest of my life. You know, at at a point, I thought it would be okay because it was the second time that I had tried to go to college, and then things went wrong, and I went back to live with my parents. I was like, you know what? Maybe this is it. Maybe I'll just live home with my parents, and they can just take care of me. I mean, that's that, that's a life. You know, that's. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, I mean, they may <laughs> ask me to go to church every Sunday. I'll be no thanks, but. <laughs> You know, just <laughs> being around my parents drove me mad and it's not it's not just one of them, it's both of them because both of them in that house with just me <laughs> it is crazy. My mom wants all all my attention and stuff and why aren't you eating enough food? Blah, blah, blah. I just wanna be left alone <laughs> <laughs> And my dad's like, You are using up the air conditioning up here, blah 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 You're like, No, I want my own Um and I think that's what made me be like, No, I gotta work harder myself You know, mm. I and I think um I know that the high functioning comes from um me being motivated to not wanting anyone to take take care of me and me to take care of myself as much as possible especially in and living my life independently.
0: Mhm. That's a big motivator, right? Mhm. I mean, yeah, but- I I was, I was just gonna, um, that kind of reminds me of, sort of, my mother's motivation, you know, I mean, I think we all, we've often said, you know, everybody's got, everybody got a little something, (laughs) (laughs) and, you know, I, I think, you know, I think that's a universal truth, and my mother, had a lot of challenges ahead of her, like in her personal life and social economic and all of that stuff, but they her, I think that's where her motivation came from it was that i don't want to do I don't want to do or be this, and so what is the alternative? you know I have to work at um these other things and so I think that was and of course having children <laughs> well, became another big motivator, but finding that something to help propel you i think yeah i think
1: (laughs) i i often thought especially when i was going to college oh god i don't have any motivation i can't do anything i want but you'll be surprised (laughs) i definitely got motivated when um i had a test and the the Closer the time came for the test to come, <laughs> the more motivated I got. And then the night before I would cram and I would be so motivated the night before that I, I would get A's on on tests, especially lit tests and stuff, because I would just want to be a sponge. I would stay up all night, drink five hour energy. I mean, it's not good, it's not something I'm proud of. I probably want it but I didn't understand how other people study Like, do they do papers like a week before? I'm like, okay, I did it. I'm like, what? I will tell
0: you. I will tell
1: you. <laughs> I do it the before. That's when you get really
0: motivated. I had flashcards. I would I would read the material as I was reading the materials. I would make my own flashcards, and then I would study those flashcards throughout the week. The night before the test, I would always always cram and study with flashcards, and I would do I would try to memorize them. Like I would like you know basically quiz quiz my quiz, quiz. myself. Mm-hmm. um and, uh, of course, I would fail. Because <laughs> my memory's so bad. Oh. But, like, that was... I struggled. I mean, I was... Mm. Like, the other thing, too. Like, I would... When I was in class, I would write a lot of notes. Because that... Writing things down helped me re- remember. And, like, sometimes I was... The way that my brain works is... When I was sitting in a test, and I had the answers, I was like, oh, okay, I know this. I remember. And then, like, I visual... I, I kind of, like... Had to visually scan my you notes. You do I have like, a photographic memory. Wow. <laughs> yeah, right.
1: <laughs> no, I I remember doing the same. I I I don't want to say rarely. I I didn't really like going back and reading my notes, mm-hmm. but I would remember more of my notes of what I wrote down. So I would force myself to write down taking notes because, um, yeah, I would kind of visualize that and 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 go back to it. But a lot of my writing. My notebook, if you look at any of them, they all turned into doodles ever since middle school, they all turned into doodles. they turned into little short stories, uh poems. I, I just go I go off like I just I can't help myself. so that's maybe that's why i I always felt like my sister did good in school because she found out the 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 formula for it. And it basically is, if you have a good memory, you'll do good in school, because all you have to do is memorize something and put it back on a test and kind of forget it, kind of retain a little bit of it so that you, maybe you can do the the refresh on the exam. I mean, that's what I I, I did most of the time, you know? Mm-hmm. It's all about, if you think about it, it's all about memorizing and putting, back on, putting it back down, like, right? Like, you just memorize some facts, and then whatever they ask you, you just kind of put it back down, but... I always felt like people learn in so many different ways, and I don't really want to just memorize facts I really don't care about, you know, <laughs> like, you know. Or that's why I had a problem with math because you can't you can't memorize a fact or a date in math. Does that make sense? You yeah. have to memorize a formula and then know how to apply that formula. And a lot of I'm sorry, is my math teacher listening? And I know where that we're going. I'm gonna get back down to high functioning, but I'm. I'm on this right now. I feel bad. I feel like a teacher's going to hear me or something. But I used to... Um, in high school... I think like middle school and high school, I used to like put on... I think everybody did this. Put my formulas on my TI calculator. What? And like, What? You didn't... Do, you can write out letters on your... And, and they have a graph or something on the TI like calculator. Like save them on there? I used to download games on my TI calculator. You never did that. Oh my God. Yes. On my TI, you could hook it up um, in middle school...
0: You could, um... I think I did download the Snake game.
1: I don't know why I had a TI in...
0: in I, I didn't take school. algebra
1: until... I had
0: one in high school.
1: I think I started seventh grade because, like, my brother's older one and he told me that you can... You could download, like, little
0: text-based games or they would draw, like, little I, things with the pixels. The only thing I downloaded was the Snake game. Mm.
1: But, yeah, like, you can...
0: I and didn't like know you can save stuff on there though. Yeah, like, um, they had a whole formulas and stuff.
1: Okay, Chris, we'll talk about this later.
0: Wow. <laughs> so you cheated, basically. Wow. Wait, I, wait a
1: minute. So if you have the formula, it's not going to help if you can't
0: apply it. <laughs> so it's not cheating. <laughs> Just high functioning. See, the Make from, it work. The other thing for me that made it hard was that, especially with like history and literature and other things, mm-hmm. the teachers. You know, I remember the teachers would be like, "Just you know, read read through the material," and you know take notes on what you think is the most important things right it's like oh, okay so then but for me it's like everything i read what i thought everything i read i thought was important like wait was, that's what your teacher would say just read through it and no i mean of course they you know they would we talk about it in class and stuff yeah we would talk about it but you know if if somebody was like well what's going to be on the test Well, they're like well everything the teacher the material, brought in class not,
1: well, yes. That, a lot that, of... That's that's really all you need to kind of... that. That's what I've learned. Whatever the teacher says in class, write it down. That's what's going to be on the test. They're going to talk... I'm sorry, babe. I didn't to cut you off. But I'm just like... It's so exciting. That's what I learned. Everything... Because I used to think about that. Like, oh my God, how is this a no? It's every... If they talk about it, they're interested in it. And I would just kind of use that to... Especially in literature classes. I would use that to kind of like bullshit essay answers. Because wow. I remember the teacher talked about, um, in like an object in a book that they really liked, and they said the color. What does this color mean? And people were like blah blah blah. Well, I think it means blah 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 blah. So was like okay, well I'll just say what the teacher said because they're more likely to like some. I can say you know it symbolizes anything, but if I say then they'll like. See, but,
0: that, and but then you know. you're not interpreting it. You're not no giving an A. It I'm giving an A.
1: Okay, <laughs> Anyways, listen to so your teachers. We're we're way off topic. <laughs> Um, yes, we will have a, whole oh. <laughs> hey, it's all about high functioning, okay? How you get through. Um, but we were talking about, I believe, uh, me in college and, uh, I think that's what we were talking about, right? Uh, me in college, uh, and being low functioning, mm-hmm. uh, versus being higher functioning, which, um... You know, after, I, it was very hard. Oh, and, and also my, my parents, how I wanted to get out of their house mm-hmm. um, because of crap. But, but all that stuff is very motivating. Motivation, we were talking about that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chris, where's your memory now? What do you remember? <laughs> mm. um, but yeah, motivation is very important too, but being high-functioning versus being low-functioning is all about a, a journey and there are steps forward and steps back. Because um, I would never say just because I consider myself high-functioning that I couldn't, you know, something something very stressful I fear. Something very stressful or depressing or something I just can't handle will happen and I will be, ca- be caught off guard and get very weak. You know, and I try to put guards in place for myself to be like, you know, oh, well, think about this first. Maybe they didn't mean it like that. Or, oh, well, this situation happened, but it's not that bad. You know, I try to put guards in place mm-hmm. so that I can keep going. But when really heavy, hard things happen, um, that's when it, it, it's it's harder to use whatever coping mechanism, whatever skills you've you've learned or developed to keep yourself functioning they're both they're both struggles, and you know I'm actually kind of happy that I went from um from low functioning to knowing what that was to being what high functioning is because that made me stop wanting to hurt myself, you know because I was like i I gotta get out of this, you know <laughs> I gotta do better, you know I want to um I want to try to live a life that makes makes me happy and makes me feel content. You know, I want to attempt to. Mm-hmm. The way I think about it is, even when I go through suicidal ideation or, Why am I doing this? This is so hard. Oh my gosh. Is, look, dude. You're... you're I feel as if life is very rare. Not everybody gets to experience life. I mean... I mean we can just look at birth, you know, all all the little tadpoles going towards the are they tadpoles, Chris? I I, I haven't had the talk yet with my parents. But all the tadpoles going towards the, the egg. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> like they all, you know, die off, you know, don't get to um be fertilized. Um I'm talking about sperm. Like I, I think did you get that, Chris? Yes. I wasn't talking about real tadpoles. I was talking about the sperm. But you know there's life is very precious, life is something that doesn't happen to everyone, so
0: try to enjoy millions, it while you can. millions of little sperms died so that you could be here. Is that nice? Just think about that
1: next and one. I killed so many by my own hand um anyway, okay. so <laughs> well it, so I'm the first i'm the you mean I'm the first mm-hmm what okay um. Anyway, so, (laughs) but yeah, life is very precious, um, and it's something that I may not be able to experience again, so I want to try to do my best to stay alive, um, and, and try to give back to the world and, and (laughs) just try to, yeah, to have, find a purpose, you know, um, I guess you can say. I guess you can say your purpose is. What you make it to be. Giving, giving back to other people. Um, I but think your we purpose, create our
0: own purposes.
1: Yeah, I think you You can have many purposes, and I mean, the first one is, you know, your purpose is to live. Is that enough of a purpose to live?
0: Mm, I suppose.
1: I mean, what if your purpose is to die? That's not good, right? <laughs> right so i mean i think the opposite is good if you have the purpose to live i think that's good enough i i feel like you know when i would have like really depressed days and i felt like oh man i didn't do anything today i just i i wanted to so bad and i i, I was alive um even if that's something you you need something to to celebrate to, to look at you are alive um you know when you are really depressed and and or, or going through something and, and you're really trying to push yourself, you need to look at all the the things that are really hard for you to do and, and celebrate that because, especially if you are high-functioning, other people might not know you're going through anything. Um, I feel like sometimes Chris doesn't know I'm going through certain things because um, he doesn't notice it until I tell him. And it's probably more of my fault because I think of, well, I need to handle this myself, you know, as much as I, as much as I can, Mm -hmm. um, the problem is when it starts getting out of control or if I feel like, uh, it's causing me more stress than usual, you know, can I, can I turn to Chris? Can I can I lower my function and be like, Chris, I need some help. Take me to a higher place. <laughs> <clears throat> so, it's all about a journey. You'll get there. DBT has really helped me to think differently just concentrating on facts and uh, my feelings. And that's changed my perspective in a, in a lot of ways, and I think has brought me up to either, either, um, an even higher uh, function. So I feel like the higher you go, um, the more life tries to hit you, the more of that, the more space you have, you know, to kind of take that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So do you have anything else to add, baby, about, you know... A, being a high-functioning husband or something. I mean, a high-functioning... Oh, whatever, whatever you, you yes. said you were.
0: Yes. It's not easy, guys. But take it one day at a time. And you too could be a high-functioning husband. Or wife. I don't, know. I don't even know what that
1: <laughs> means. I'm, I'm afraid to ask you, you know, Chris, would you consider me a high-functioning husband? Don't answer that will. You... <laughs> don't no uh, no cuz I yeah I feel like Chris like, mm,
0: we're going to be here. <laughs> Chris, I consider you a high functioning husband. Well, I think even <laughs> within high functioning, I think that like the as you describe the terminology, there may be levels of it, right? Like, you know, some people like well, there's like maybe the, the, they are different ones because you still don't feel super comfortable doing specific things because of your condition is keeping you from that
1: well I, I don't think i don't think any of that will ever go away no matter how you know just like that other definite definition said that higher functioning people can still experience the same things as low functioning people
0: it's just that like they're about, able to it's not about not feeling mm-hmm. it but for me it's for what i'm thinking about is like being able to do these things despite you know your condition So, for example, if you wanted to pursue a career in health, you would be able to do that as a high-functioning person. That means you would still experience all the the effects of BPD, but you got to a certain level of high functionality that you would be able to pursue your careers and your interests and things like that. Yeah, but even with people with BPD, unstable career...
1: Um, and that's what I kind of felt like I was going through when I was working at the hotel. When I was at the hotel, I was like, I I felt like I was, like, really high-functioning. I was everything. And then, like, versus now, I think I, I went through, like, two hotel jobs. Never going back to another hotel again. Um, and then after that, I'm just, like... Uh, and then the <laughs> between... Um, not working between then and, like, the coronavirus, I'm just, like, an isolating person now. Like, all... All the time now. So. <laughs>
0: You're like, this is the, per- this is the perfect world ending event. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, uh, it,
1: it'll be different if I go out there and try to get a job. Um, because I, I'm kind of afraid if I still have what it, <laughs> what it takes, I guess, in a way, mm-hmm. um, to do that. And, any job that I've gotten as someone with BPD has caused me a lot of stress. Have I been, have I had people that are like, oh, you're really good at your job. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're the best. Blah, 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 You know, um, yes, of course I have. (laughs) But, um, it caused me a lot of anxiety. I come home, even if I'm on medicine or something, it's anxiety or I think about what someone said. It's a lot. And I really don't, I want to go and and work and make money and stuff, but I really don't want to go back to a job and have to
0: well, Go all through of
1: all that, that is still there. I just I just have some was, skills to. Well, that's what I was going
0: to say. All of that was also pre DVT. But it doesn't mean that those events are not
1: going to happen, and that right. my feelings are not going to yes. be there. It's just that I can I understand that handle those those situations. Right. But again, what if just like the other Koto job, if my manager says something really disrespectful, and I don't like the job there, um, like if I didn't like the job there. And then my manager finally said something disrespectful and I decided to leave. You know, would that be the right, gosh, I've been thinking about that too. Would that be the right move to make or would my DBT be like, well, let me go back and talk to me, even though I kind of hate the place that I work, you know, I really need a job and I, but I don't know. I feel like my BPD, I feel like my BPD, I, I don't know if it's my BPD or my personality or I guess they're the same, but makes me feel like I can't work at a place where I feel like they don't value me at all now I, I know like when you go to work you know you're just a worker or stuff but they show value for you in certain ways right they, they have a Christmas party you know give you gift certificates for certain things uh, have meetings where you, like, all talk to each other, uh, give you training throughout, you know, stuff like that, you know? Mm-hmm. If I go to a job where my boss is always yelling at me and is mean, um, and is, is telling me to do stuff, and then things aren't... A lot of things are not right, and, like, if I have to come inside every day and organize stuff, because people... And when I uh, when I come back every day, people have moved around all the stuff in the office that the organize stuff. Like, that kind of makes me think, hmm... You know, am I just <laughs> is this my BPD acting up or is this job really bad? <laughs> and that's where I, <laughs> I don't know. All I'm saying is BPD with the job is it can be kind of scary. <laughs> B- BPD with the job can be kind of scary, even if you're high functioning, because you still have all that anxiety and all that, that pressure and stuff. Even if you're trying to hide it, it's still there, and it's still the potential that. Um, it could get the best of you, you know? Maybe at a weak moment. Or it could cause you to make the wrong decision. Or um, your BPD will question you if you, you're making the right decision because maybe you're just, you know, <laughs> just feeling a certain way, but it's not, you know... I don't know. It's exhausting. That's a lot of imps. I am so sorry, but that's that's... The mind of somebody with bpd so you want to talk about anything else that's just work you want to talk about going to church okay so i think about what am i gonna wear you know what are the colors for today and am i gonna sit by miss jackson or miss lula now miss lula's always okay. white no
0: we're not and so i'm
1: thinking if i'm sitting by Miss lula i'm Goodbye, gonna be guys some.
0: thank you for listening now i'm gonna wear cream I'm going to cut this off because he's gonna continue going and
1: uh, now miss jackson likes crimson so, when she puts on that crimson...
0: Goodbye. i like to get some orange by her. Cause i think lucky that's, you're not here. That's
1: some orange. And so...